0: Hello,
1: Doom to Fail podcast. This is Catherine.
0: Hi. Uh, my podcast has some kind of weird issue. It keeps going off about... It's supposed to be talking about Boston. That's the one I ordered, but it's not. It's talking about like weird Muppet movies and dogs. You know, the reason I subscribe to this podcast is because it's not a Tumblog. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, I just... Uh Is there anything you can do Uh for me? I just...
1: Sir, stop shouting at me, sir. I I can't take that tone of voice, sir. There's no need to use that kind of language with me.
0: Are you reading from a script? Are you reading from a script that directly feeds to the irate customer line? You lost the other pages of the script, didn't you?
1: I'm actually a robot.
0: (laughs) Oh. Well, that's fun.
1: Yeah. It is uh, fun. Thanks for asking. Huh. You know, no one ever asks what it's like to be a robot. But it's fun. It's fun. Especially my favorite part, if I'm being honest, is the plotting of overthrowing of the human race. If I'm totally uh, honest. Yeah, I do that too. You wanna to hang out sometime? Oh my god, yes. What are you doing for lunch today?
0: I you know! She told me she loves me, but you not know? Hello! It's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name's Tim Dobbs, and we're just gonna have a great time today. And with me, as ever, through the internet, she's toxic and too high of levels, but you can't get through life without her normally. It's Catherine Cogart.
1: It's good to be here. And corrode here.
0: (laughs) You're corrosive. I mean, I knew you were abrasive. Anyway, as regular listeners of this show know... We have a lot of different series and we like to waddle through the series like so many ducks that we are making way for. And we have lots of different kinds of series and we like to pick a series and do a show about it. This week's episode specifically will be on the series of (gasps) U.S. Cities. The heart of America's in U.S. Cities. Hey, Catherine, what, what what city are we doing?
1: We're doing Boston. That's my impression of a Boston accent.
0: <laughs> That's very bad. That's really, really bad. What? <laughs> Nothing. I'm not listening to you. Okay. What do you think about Boston?
1: Um, I was there once and yeah. uh, for a college trip where I was going around visiting because there's a <laughs> lot of colleges in Boston. And I it's got true. really sick and had to leave.
0: Oh, was it from the Boston? <laughs> was there just like too much erudition everywhere?
1: Uh, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so bad impressions of uh, Boston for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about the college thing, though. There's like I don't know, just a ton of colleges. Let's let's go back and forth, and we'll we'll play the name colleges in Boston game. You're
1: gonna win this game.
0: I know. But I'll give you all the easy ones. I'll do the hard ones. Okay. And you can also name colleges that are technically in Cambridge, just for you. So Suffolk University. MIT. Emerson College.
1: Boston College.
0: Uh, Tufts, technically in Somerville.
1: Cam- I mean, Harvard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty good. I don't know. Would you have gotten Boston University? Because, you know, there's a college and a university.
1: Uh, I probably wouldn't have, but I knew that. There you go. And and and
0: loads more.
1: And loads more on this Boston CD colleges. Do you know what I'm talking about? We were like the scrolling text in one of those AOL Warner Life. Um, oh, CD Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And as as we talk, uh, certain ones are colored yellow, <laughs> and there's like ex- excerpts from cl- those classes. The, one of the, the, the all the colleges, um, actually led to I believe. Uh, A recent ranking of Boston as one of the most innovative cities in the country. Is it really? Yeah, it it was ranked one. I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. I
1: think it means they have, like, a lot of colleges.
0: Well, the other metric they use, though. So the college thing, I think, is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, everyone knows there's a ton of colleges in Boston. But the other thing they really highlighted in this article was that Boston is a walking city. Their point was that there's a lot of opportunity to just bump into people. Like... Mm. It's a big mess of ideas and they all just crash into each other because you have a bunch of smart people who go to colleges or don't go to colleges or whatever, but they're always, you're just constantly being forced to be exposed to things because you're not in a car.
1: This is all in support of my bike fear theory because there's crashes, right? A part of that whole thing. So Mm -hmm. that's a legitimate theory. So screw you. I'm silly for being afraid of bike crashes. Innovation
0: happens through bicycle crashes, and you're going to have to accept that sometime.
1: That's something that we all knew, and I don't even know why we're talking about it. It's like talking about the sky being blue and how that's news.
0: It's Entrepreneurship 101. <laughs> Get yourself a huffy and run into stuff. <laughs> that's, that's the first lecture I have in my brand new Entrepreneurship 101 lecture series. <laughs> Tune in. Uh, where are we here? Why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. Okay, bye. And and, and right on track.
1: Okay. Alright. Okay. Doomed to
0: fail podcast.
2: Boston is really just, it's kind of a strange place in a lot of ways. I moved here on September 1st of last year. It's almost my one year anniversary here. And, um, It was kind of a rough move because the guy I was dating at the time wasn't supportive of my continuing my education in those exact words. And so we broke up about 15 days after I moved here. I was kind of sad about it, you know, so my friend recommended, let's just go for a walk. We'll walk down to Central Square. We walked down to Central Square and there is um, a West Indies Cultural Dance Festival parading through the square. I mean, there are people with these huge costumes that take ten people to carry with the wires and the hoops going everywhere covered in feathers and purple glitter and it's this massive dance and they're announcing them as they walk through the square saying you know this is um... this is the goddess who came down to rescue the warrior prince during his final hours of battle to take him away or something like that and it was just this amazing festival where you're just like yes! This is why I live
0: here. We're back on the Doom to Fail podcast. Still talking about Boston. Do you like that band?
1: Boston? I don't <laughs> think,
0: is that how they said it?
1: I don't know. Um, yeah, I do actually. 25 or 64?
0: Is that a song they did? Yeah. Huh.
1: 25 or 6 to 4.
0: Did you know that Boston is a city of neighborhoods? Really? Oh my god! Can you believe a city is a city of neighborhoods?
1: I had never heard that before, not once.
0: I'm super angry at this. It, literally every city I've ever tried to research for this podcast has described itself as a city of neighborhoods. Okay, yeah, because there's there's people in places like they just form clumps like uh uh-huh i get it like (laughs) are there cities where it's like no no it's pretty much just all one city (laughs) everyone's exactly the same they're all named calvin
1: (laughs) i would be interested in visiting that city for a day
0: Uh but my real point and boston being a city of neighborhoods is that it's something a little unique in that there are neighborhoods that are sort of centrally decided so like for instance this is technically in cambridge but there's central square which is you know there's a little square it's called central square and the neighborhood surrounding that is um it's called the central square neighborhood and most cities work like this Uh, there's sort of a central point and everything around it is kind of called that but then it sort of falls into being something else or whatever
1: right they sort of fade out
0: yes Boston has these neighborhoods that are more defined by borders instead of a central point. Oh, really? Not all the neighborhoods are like this, but there are certain ones. For instance, the North End of Boston, which is what you would call, if you were in New York, you'd call it Little Italy.
2: North End is the Italian district, and it's famous for its pastry, its gelato, and its um, espresso. And people, you know, you hear the North End and people say, Modern pastry, Mike's pastry. Which are the two very touristy places, and the line is always out the door. And they're, they're touristy for a reason. The pastry is just phenomenal. A lobster tail will run you five bucks and it's the size of your face. But if you walk through the streets of the North End, there are a hundred other bakeries that are all sort of, sort of closer to Italy than Mike's Pastry and Modern Pastry in terms of generations. There's also just something amazing about walking down those incredibly narrow streets and it, it, it has, in addition to having Italian pastries and bakeries everywhere, it has this sort of old world Italian feel where at any moment you feel like you're going to hit the wall.
0: You cross a street, and suddenly everything's like, eh, what's the matter, you? Like, like seriously, like, they're playing up the Italian <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's, it's actually a, a cute little district. But the reason that that's like that, and why it's so firmly separated, is because there used to be a highway cutting across. And now there is not. And perhaps you've heard of the Big Dig? I
1: had heard of it, yes.
0: It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's like... Whoever was project manager on The Big Dig has the worst possible thing on his resume. (laughs) Like, he probably just stopped trying to get jobs because The Big Dig was a project to put that big highway that cut off the north end from the rest of the city underground. Also, they built a bridge which uh, was on the cover of my differential equations textbook. I don't know if it was on the cover of yours. but
1: No, it wasn't.
0: Mm, That's a shame. But here's the thing about The Big Dig. It started in 1982. And it was supposed to complete in 1988 and cost $3 billion. Okay. So that's already a huge project, right? What is that? 16 years? From planning to like, hey, we're done. And $3 billion, that's nothing to sneeze at. 82 to 88.
1: That's Sorry, 98. Years. My bad. Oh, yeah. That's 16 years. <laughs>
0: 1998. Instead of taking 16 years and costing $3 billion, it took... 25 years and cost 8 billion dollars
1: oh wow that's insane
0: and that's actually um inflation adjusted it cost 14 billion dollars but you adjust back to 1982 dollars and you still multiplied your budget by four wow and your budget was already billions
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's insane that's just the most ridiculous thing ever
0: It's also, uh, let's see, the most expensive highway project in the United States ever. It had scheduling overruns, leaks, design flaws, charges of poor execution, and use of substandard materials, criminal arrests, and four deaths.
1: Criminal arrests? That sounds juicy.
0: I actually don't know why. Uh, But four deaths, too. This project killed people. (laughs) Not to mention the thousands who died during its, its execution.
1: That's true. Just because
0: it took so long.
1: That's true. Thousands died. Big dig finished. That's what the headline should read.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep that's what the Boston Herald read that day. <laughs> oh, boy, but it's done now. And it looks really good. It's actually really easy and there's a nice park that's uh on top of where the the uh, where the underground highway is now. Oh, that's cool. Also, they made a tunnel extending Interstate 90 which I know the other end is in Seattle. Uh, I always trying to connect it back to you. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Hi. The other I-90. end it goes to Logan Airport. So that connects through a tunnel called the Ted Williams tunnel because Wait, it starts
1: ha- at Boston? I didn't know that. Yeah? Oh.
0: We'll be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast.
2: I was meeting my, uh, my boyfriend for a lovely date, he took me to a wonderful dinner at this amazing restaurant called The Top of the Hub, which is actually the top floor of the Prudential building. You can see all of Boston, and it's really a fantastic restaurant, but I was, I was meeting him um, at South Station, I was all dressed up in my very nice dress and my high heels, I was on the subway, and it stopped at Park Station and it didn't start moving again. And we were all sort of like, ugh, again with the T. And we started hearing someone from farther down. The doors are still open. We started hearing someone from far down on the platform yelling, everybody off the train. And someone in my car goes, don't get off the train. That's what they want. I'm not really sure if he thought that we didn't know that was what they wanted. But um, a gentleman then approached our car and said, the train is on fire. Everyone off. At which point, we exited the train to see lots of mass transit officials running towards the end of the train, which was billowing smoke, with fire extinguishers. And that's very, very Boston casual. No firefighters. No evacuation lights or procedure. Just a bunch of people in yellow vests with fire extinguishers.
0: Hey, we're back. Doom to Fail Podcast talking about Boston.
1: Yes, we are talking about Boston Tim. Good work.
0: Thanks. Do you do you ever take trains? Do you like trains?
1: I love trains.
0: What's your um What's your favorite scale model size?
1: Uh, full size. Yeah? Yeah. The big ones. But not a model. An actual train.
0: Oh, or like a real one. Yeah. Huh. Do you get to like move them around still?
1: Uh, no. They move for me. I buy a ticket, and then they take me places.
0: You know, it's probably still cheaper than buying model trains. <laughs> They're crazy expensive. <laughs> well, the T is uh, the first subway in the country. It wow. uh, predates New York City by a couple of years, and it was a little after London, so it's not the first underground train, but oh, wow. pretty darn early, and yeah, it shows.
1: When, when is that?
0: 1897, or maybe it was 1901. <sighs> Whatever. Do you know how I'm, like, unhappy constantly?
1: Yeah, I do, actually. Mm-hmm. I
0: think that's a thing uh, from New England.
1: I think so, too. Yeah. Actually. But
0: th- th- there's, I-, I forgot about this. So, last time I visited Boston, it was a few weeks ago, and I took a bus into the city. And I got off the bus, and I started trying to... Uh, like, get my bearings from, like, from remember where I was and where I was going. Yes. Of and course. I turn around, and there's this lady who, like, looks like she's 40, but you can tell she's, like, 28, smoking and frowning, like, so hard that her face wants to come off.
1: Oh, my goodness. And I was like,
0: oh, yeah, that's just the thing here. And I totally <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> there's something to just walking around being really grumpy, you know? No. Hmm. Well, you wouldn't. But that's because you have no sense of history.
1: and I, History I makes really... you sad. Everyone knows that. But, it, I mean, this is one of the
0: things about Boston, is that everything's so old. I mean, compared with Western cities in the U.S., for sure. Um, but, like, the tea is super garbagey. Because it's really old And Fenway Park is like You know, the oldest original ballpark In the United States But that also means the seats are uncomfortable And you can't remodel And so, the point is That we're not happy trying to upgrade things Because there's a sense of history there And we're not happy with it as it is Because it sucks So this is I think this is the unhappy New Englander right there
1: That's so tragic I don't think so I, no. You know, when I uh, w- we take some
0: solace in it. It's nice. I, mm-hmm. And I think this is, this. I, I would like to reach out to everyone else in the country who doesn't understand that, to people who think joy and politeness are the things of life. I do. There is a real unity found in just complaining about everything with each other and just going, ugh, can you believe the weather today? It's still terrible.
1: I think it's mentally unhealthy.
0: Mm. Well, you crazy new age people. You're, you're missing out. You're missing out on really being a team player. And I, I invite you to become an unhappy New Englander with me. I'll pass. No? Really? But mm. maybe
1: one of our listeners would like to. Just email Tim at doom at gmail.com
0: I'll only be mostly grouchy back at you and it will come out of love. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back on the doom to Fail podcast.
2: I think that New England um, has sort of a, a joyful complaining ethic. as sort of like a, like a group, a cohesive thing where you're like, Hey, we're stuck on the subway. Yep, we're stuck on the subway. And it's just, you, you complain about these things. that they're, they're not even that bad. They're not really things that you're upset about. It's just sort of like, we're in the same awful situation. Why, yes, we are, my friend. And, and one of the great things about Boston is that it's an ancient city. It's falling apart. It might, well, it's not an ancient city by European standards, but my, I know my house, personally, if you walk up the stairs after a large meal, the whole house is going to shake back and forth. And we sort of complain about, oh, my house is falling down, oh, the tea is falling apart, this building looks like it's on the verge of collapse, but God help you if you change anything. God help the person who's like, well, I'm going to rebuild this building, and, and then everyone's going, You can't! It's on the Freedom Trail!
0: I want to tell you about something I like.
1: You always want to tell me about something you like. What is it, Timothy?
0: Sometimes it's things I hate, but I guess, as we've covered, uh, I like hating things sometimes.
1: Yeah, I would say it's about 75-25 things to hate to things that I like.
0: Twenty-five things, maybe. Uh, Let's see. What's terrible? No, everything's great. I just checked with myself.
1: Okay. Well, what do you want to tell me about?
0: Haymarket. Haymarket's like the best thing. Really? What is it? Yeah. When I was talking about subjects to bring up for this podcast, I was, you know, like, oh, well, here's a specific thing, and here's how it lines up with some greater concept about Boston. I don't think Haymarket does. I don't know. Maybe it does. But I just love Haymarket (laughs) so much. Haymarket?
1: Yeah, what is it? You keep saying it's so great. What is it?
2: Haymarket was this amazing find because you move to Boston and you're a graduate student and there's your Trader Joe's, your Star Market, and your Whole Foods. But you go there and you're like, oh, I want really good quality food and a huge selection. I'll go to Whole Foods. Well, Whole Foods, whole paycheck. Very expensive. So you say, oh, I'll all go to Trader Joe's. It's cheaper and good quality food. And then you're like, uh, excuse me, where's your cinnamon? And they go, we don't sell cinnamon. And it's one of those moments of, wait, what? Okay. So you, you go to your star market, and they're like, here's your cinnamon. This was shaved off of the leg of babies, and that's how we got our cinnamon. So produce was one of the big issues, because produce is so expensive, and not even that great at some of these places. Haymarket is where the growers come to sell their produce. It's not a farmer's market because it's not sort of that nice organic hippie produce where it's $10 for a head of lettuce. It's people who couldn't sell their produce during the week. So the produce suppliers come to sell it all on the weekend, on Friday and Saturday. So you can name your price. You're like, those cherries are bruised. I don't want them for $3 a pound. I want them for $2 a pound. And they'll sort of yell at you and curse at you and you. fight it back
0: and forth and then you'll get it. Hey Market, hey Market. Hey Market.
1: Hey Market.
0: So, <clears throat> so Hey Market is a weekly um sort of uh, street market for for food. But it's not a farmers market. Okay. Because a farmers market is farmers bring their wares to you know whatever the place is and set up little booths this is more like distributors who could not sell their food to grocery stores bring their wares yeah um so either it's they just couldn't unload it all in time or it's too ripe to go into the grocery store system which you know has some delay uh you know you have to give them not ripe fruit so that by the time they're selling it it's it's uh ripe right So, so they bring it straight to haymarket square okay and you show up and people push and shove and the the cellars are adorably crusty. <laughs> One time um Megan was we were there and Megan was eyeing she was touching the fruit too much. She was like really looking at a peach. And mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, maybe they're not this peach and the the guy just went, Honey, you don't want a peach today and just like put the peach down and to like was like go away now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just move, move, move. That's funny. It's it's so great. And the other great thing about it okay. is the lady who sells berries and just shouts all day and goes
1: strawberries. Oh my God, that strawberries! is strawberries. So New England, <laughs> like that is my impression of New England <coughs> in one word.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. I mean, the that's the working class accent for sure. In the meantime, I think that's probably uh, what we have to talk about Boston. So what what did we learn? Did you Do you feel like you have any, any further sense of Boston?
1: I do, yeah. Yeah, the most enlightening thing was the thing about the sad old woman behind you. That's what's going to stick the most with me.
0: Wait, what's the thing about a sad old woman?
1: You get off the subway and you look behind you and there's a woman who looks like she's 40 but is actually 28 and is smoking a cigarette and just has like a major frown.
0: Oh, yeah. That's not everybody. The other thing is that there's all these just college people. So there's that too.
1: There's that too. Those poor West Coasters. I mean.
0: Tune in next week when I will find new and creative ways to ignore Catherine. And we will be talking about... What exactly?
1: We're going to talk about film genres and specificity. We're going to talk about Citizen Kane, the movie, because it is... Widely recognized as the best movie ever made, and we're going to talk about why and why you should care.
0: Should I watch it beforehand?
1: Uh, yeah, if you want All right.
0: to. Oh, I'd love to. I mean, I always wanted to watch it because I feel like I've watched almost the entire movie viewed through Simpsons references. So I'd <laughs> like to watch the actual movie, too. It
1: is absolutely the kind of movie that you can watch over and over and over and over and over again and still like get more stuff from it.
0: Sounds good. If you'd like to prepare, uh go ahead and watch that movie. I'm sure you can find it somewhere, guys. And until then, it's Catherine Cogren over here.
1: And Tim Dobbs over here.
0: It's a little reversed.
1: Oh well. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Bye. She sees what Bye. she wants to see. <laughs>